Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. No, not so much a slow news day, now is it? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Guys, what is going on? My, it's It's been surreal. I mean, of course, the abortion conversation in the state of Indiana with this judge granting a preliminary injunction blocking the new uh, abortion law in Indiana. This, of course, uh, the, the big story. And if you missed my conversation with the Attorney General Todd Rokita, I'm going to share that again in just a, a few minutes because, I mean, it's just so... It, 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 to be able to get the response from him just an hour or so after that initial in, information came out that this judge, Kelsey Hanlon, who people want to make sure you know is a Republican, issued the injunction because of the lawsuit from ACLU and, and other parties. You can get the story at WIBC.com uh, saying uh, that there is indeed a, a, a possibility that a privacy right does exist in the Indiana Constitution. Uh, and uh, that abortion would indeed be covered by it. The attorney general is not a believer in uh, that theory. Uh, so stay right here and you'll be able to hear that conversation. Pretty pretty dang important uh, stuff. But it has been this this remarkable flow of, of news today and maddening stories and, and the lawsuit uh, from the New York attorney general against uh, Trump. And you look at this lawsuit, you say, wait, this is civil, not criminal? Wait, this is the argument being made? And, and uh, Kurt Schlichter, with just uh, uh, who's, who is a trial lawyer by trade, uh, a writer and author, just a very, very good kind of taking a part of, well, this is what the state of New York wants to make claim of. They're going to have an incredible problem uh, trying to uh, trying to make that uh, make that stick in terms of being bad for, for Trump or problematic for Trump or winning anything. Uh, how does this not get thrown out? I'll share that with you as well. But there was one thing that came out today that I think in in any other news cycle day probably would have been the the the, the top story. Would have been like like the key story. Um this is John Kerry the the climate czar, whatever they call him, John, I, I'm not a fan of John Kerry. I, I I never ever ever have been. Um, but John Kerry, who is the presidential climate envoy, praised the Inflation Reduction Act, called it an amazing. That was the word, amazing, bill. Because of its climate-related impact. Well, we all understand that the Inflation Reduction Act has nothing to do with inflation whatsoever. It is a Green New Deal boondoggle. I mean, that's that's what it what it is. We all know that. They, of course, won't admit to that. How could they admit to that? That they lied. That Joe Manchin, who was going to stand up against uh, increased inflation... Voted for something because it had a nice title. 
He knew it wouldn't do anything about inflation. He said as much that it wouldn't do anything uh, about inflation. And when he gets asked about it, he's like, well, I never never said this legislation was going to do anything uh, right now, right? I never said it was going to do anything right now to stop inflation. Is it misleading to call this the Inflation Reduction Act for Americans when it's not going to make their grocery bill cheaper? It's not going to make everyday goods cheaper for them. Why would it? Why would it? Well, immediately it's not, but we never seen anything happen immediately like today. It's turned the switch on and off. Yeah. Yeah. You, 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 you lied. You lied about what it was. Thankfully, John Kerry is not lying. Speaking at uh, the IEA, the International Energy Association, their Global Clean Energy Action Forum, which I assume he took a private jet to. I, I'm, only, I'm only assuming he took a, a, a private jet to it. We're running around saying, I support the IRA. That's tricky in politics, but we're here. Of course, he's making a reference to the Irish Republican Army and, and not uh, the Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, bill, but he referred to it as a completely misnamed piece of legislation. And he says, and I'm not sure how much it has to do with inflation, but that's okay. So we're not even pretending anymore. We're not going to pretend that the Inflation Reduction Act has anything to do with inflation whatsoever. We're going to state out loud In a joking way, yeah, we lied to the American people. We had to gaslight them. But you know what? Uh, You know, who who cares? F these people. We don't don't care about these people. These people are, these people don't matter. They need us to tell them what's important. They need us to tell them what matters. They need us to show them the better way. And then, uh, you know. Uh, they, 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 sh- they should thank us. This is what he believes. This is what he believes. Remember, this is what they believe. This is the level of hate they have for you, me, and we. So maybe I should be thankful that, that John Kerry said it out loud for all of us to hear. The Inflation Reduction Act does nothing to stop inflation. Everything we have known, everything we have said clear as can be, super easy to understand. This administration cannot stop lying. They cannot stop with the gaslighting. We're the ones who have to stop them. We're the ones who have to say no to it. We're the ones who have to vote and make sure our friends vote and get this nonsense out of our lives. And not just for a term, for a generation. My conversation with the Attorney General of Indiana, Todd Rokita, on the stay of Indiana's abortion law. That's coming up next. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today. Well, what the court found in the injunction was that we are likely to prevail on that argument. We are likely to be able to demonstrate that, in fact, our Constitution does protect privacy and within that as a core value are abortion rights that is ken falk of the aclu of indiana uh, speaking with chris davis a news director at 93 wibc uh, that the constitution of the state of indiana has privacy as a core value and the judge uh, kelsey hanlon a special judge in monroe county was correct to issue an injunction 
requested by the ACLU and other parties that block, that blocks the new law in Indiana that engages restrictions on abortion. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. A People responding left and right on this. The Attorney General of Indiana, Todd Rokita, joins us right now. The statement put out by your office, sir. We plan to appeal and continue to make the case for life in Indiana. Our office remains determined to fight for the lives of the unborn, and this law provides a reasonable way to begin doing that. Uh, your your take on abortion uh, notwithstanding, the argument that this judge uh, seems to be agreeing with, as Ken Falk lays it out, that there is a right to privacy in the Constitution in the state of, of Indiana. Is that the reason this injunction was allowed? Your take, sir. Yeah. Hey, Tony, I'll tell you that the leaps that have to be made uh, in order to come to that conclusion are are wide and long um, and many. Uh, there's no right to privacy explicitly laid out in our Indiana Constitution. So what what the judge did and what the other side has to do is say, when our Indiana Constitution, like our federal one, talks about liberty, the word liberty, inferred in that is a right to privacy. And then as part of your right to privacy, you have uh, a right to abortion. And the reason that is 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 because of some 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 other things. Um, this right to not be unduly burdened, uh, uh, this right to bodily autonomy. So a lot of leaps and a lot of big ones to try to get to this point today. And you and I have talked and you have talked with your listeners about this idea of the plain meaning of our constitutions, you know, the textualism that's involved. You know, these ideas are timeless, uh, that are found, or these self-governance ideas are timeless that are found in our Constitution. They shouldn't be manipulated. They, it's not a quote-unquote living document. The, uh, and, the, uh, and the conclusion today from the trial court, and there'll be higher courts that look at this for sure, the conclusion today used by the trial court was one of, no, it's a living document. Um, the, the, the people back then might have been bad. The people We've evolved since then, and we can't possibly rely on those old words to to protect unborn babies uh we have they 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 wouldn't have considered women's bodily and not bodily autonomy for example and so now we have to infer all these things into those words now the judge writing uh and i'm only reading in part quote there is reasonable likelihood that the significant restriction of personal autonomy offends the liberty guarantees of the indiana constitution you're saying that it it is a leap to make this claim that they, a privacy, uh, for example, uh, that any level of privacy exists in the Indiana Constitution. They're not making it on the federal Constitution level. They're making it on the Indiana Constitution uh, uh, right. level. And your argument is they're jumping through a lot of hoops in order to get that to happen. Yeah, they're inferring a lot that's not written in our Indiana Constitution. And, and, you know, I'm not saying there's absolutely no right to privacy that you could take from our Indiana Constitution, but they're taking it so far as to extinguish the life of an unborn child. And in, in order to do that, they're saying, look, we can't really have contemplated those things back then when this was written, even though we had an abortion ban before. Uh, and we gotta we, we gotta infer a, a larger right to privacy in this word liberty that we do find, 
And then we have to infer that part of privacy means that you have a right to an abortion because you have a right to your body, body bodily autonomy, completely discounting and disregarding the life of an unborn child. The fact that there are two lives, Tony. And so we're going to have to get that figured out as we go up the chain here in the court. But the, the bottom line, as I describe all that, what, you're, what, what I'm describing is the fact that a judge here said, you know what? I'm going to infer all these things, and I'm going to take the words of the Constitution and then words that aren't there in the Constitution, and I'm going to make this mean something that I need it to mean. Part of your argument, talking to the Attorney General of Indiana, Todd Rokita, uh, you and your office had put in a court filing, and I'm quoting here, the constitutional text nowhere mentions abortion, and Indiana has prohibited or heavily regulated abortion by statute since 1835, before, during, and after the time when the 1851 Indiana Constitution was drafted, debated, and ratified. Is this going to be the argument of your office going forward on appeal? Well, Tony, you read three sentences. Okay, it's a multiple-page brief, obviously. So there's going to be a lot of diff- a lot of different arguments. That certainly is going to be one that the state has a right uh, to to make laws for its society uh, based on the fact that the, the lawmakers are elected by the people. So uh, again, there's 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 no way to infer all these other things. For example, uh, this 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 opinion says that. Well, women didn't have the right to own property in our in our Indiana Constitution. And it's true. It was silent. And then a statute came along and, and the General Assembly said, you know what? Women have the right to own property, of course. And no one would argue with that now. Well, the same today. Uh, and with this abortion law, the, the legislature has a right to put rights and restrictions in, even if the Constitution is explicitly silent as it is uh, on abortion. So, you know, we look forward to using the trial court's arguments really against itself as as the rulings appealed. One of those arguments, sir, and, and I got this uh, from, from the Twitter feed of Nikki Kelly, uh, who um, is the editor-in-chief for the Indiana uh, Capital Chronicle. Um, she, uh, in in sharing uh the the decision here from from the 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 judge uh quoted the judge and said um uh staying enforcement of sb1 maintains that 50 year old scheme long enough for the court to address the issue on the merits the public will continue uh, to be subject to the previous abortion regulation regime that was significantly influenced by the United States Supreme Court jurisprudence that identified and expressly reaffirmed privacy right that included abortion for nearly 50 years. It seems to me that this judge in this case is saying, well, it was okay until it wasn't okay, but the fact that it was okay means that it should be okay. I'm not a lawyer. Am I following that accurately? Uh, I don't know, but I'm not following you. <laughs> Let me just say this. Uh, what I took from that was that uh, since Dobbs, okay, we have been able to get several injunctions, we being the Attorney General's office, uh, my team, uh, we've been able to get several injunctions lifted right? that had been in place. For example, there was an injunction on Indiana's law that said, you know what, you can't dismember babies anymore. Can't do that. 
uh, th- that are in the womb as you go to abort them. Uh, that is now back in place. You know what? You can't have an abortion based on uh, the sex, race, or condition of the unborn child. Like if it's has, if it's found out that it has Down syndrome or something, that's illegal in Indiana. We got that injunction lifted, so that's in force. I think if that's what that reporter means, yeah, those laws are back in place post-Dobbs, and this injunction doesn't stop those laws from being this this preliminary injunction that was issued today by this state trial court judge doesn't affect uh those laws that are now back in place that we got over the last several months the injunctions lifted for and just so we're clear the reporter was reporting on what the judge said it wasn't from the reporter themselves talking to the attorney general of indiana Uh, todd rokita uh this uh abortion fight is going to continue um does any of this make you think make your office think that maybe someone like senator lindsey graham has a point when they're trying to engage a a national uh uh uh, kind of abortion law saying we we don't allow abortions after 15 weeks or is this really still a states rights issue and this is this is what life after roe v wade was supposed to be a back and forth on this subject you know, I've been so focused on, on this case, I've I got to be honest with you, I'm not sure what Lindsey Graham said, but um, it sh- I think it should be a state's rights issue. This is the evolution of the battle, um, and, 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 and states should be and do uh, promote and have uh, parameters that reflect their society. Uh, and, and, and so this is the proper place uh, for this discussion, this argument. And I'm, uh, I'm still very confident in Indiana's recent abortion ban. I think it was, like, I, like you said in the beginning of my quote, it's a, it's a reasonable place to begin. We should stand on the shoulders of that. That will continue to evolve it as, as needed in our society, which is based on a cultural life here in Indiana, uh, uh, dictates. And, and we need to encourage our lawmakers to be able to stand up for what's right. Before I let you go, sir, uh, one of the victories that just came out uh, regarding uh, masks, mask mandates and vaccine mandates uh, against Head Start, against the the federal government saying that you you cannot mandate masks and vaccines in in the Head Start world. You were one of the uh, attorneys general uh, involved in that. Uh, How how does the wind feel? Yeah, thanks for uh, yeah, thanks for reminding me. We've been so, again so focused on this case, we forgot about win yesterday. But uh, another win for uh, battling a back against uh, federal government overreach. Head Start, a um, a federal program for pre kindergartners. Uh, Joe Biden and and the socialist left came out and said, you know what? If you're a teacher, administrator, staff member for a, one of these programs, if you get that federal money, you got to be vaccinated. And if the children that are participating are over two years old they have to be masked uh well louisiana and indiana a few other states we just got a federal judge to get a preliminary a permanent injunction in our favor so even better than the kind of preliminary injunction that we were just talking about permanent injunction in our favor so we think this case is dead a great victory for liberty attorney general todd rokita i appreciate you taking the time to be with us we'll be following uh this conversation about abortion in the state of indiana the regulations all of it i appreciate you attorney general todd rokita thank you so much more coming up this is tony katz today so letitia james the attorney general 
of New York has decided that the plan is to sue Donald Trump. Now, there's a lot of conversation going on with President Trump right now. Uh, that has to do with a series of things. This specifically is not about uh, the the special master, is not about uh, the idea that he can declassify things by thinking about them. That's not our conversation. And what you will find in way too many social media feeds is people trying to confuse all those issues, push them all together, but they can't be pushed together. The conversation about Letitia James and the Trump administration, not the Trump administration, the Trump organization, is whether or not they broke uh, any laws. But how do you take seriously somebody like Letitia James when they were heading into office, they said this. As the next attorney general, I see the law as a sword and as a shield to protect those who are vulnerable because no one is above the law, including How do I begin to take a look at a lawsuit from a woman who says uh, that the president was illegitimate, which I'm told leads to insurrection, and then says is going into office every day to sue him? How do I do that? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Guys, great to be with you. Kurt Schlichter joins us right now. He is a trial attorney. He is uh, a retired U.S. Army colonel. He is also author of the book, We'll Be Back, The Fall and Rise of America. You can get that at Amazon.com or wherever fine books are sold. His columns over at Town Hall. And you have been laying this out, working this out. This is something you understand. First things first, you noted that this is not uh, about criminal activity. This is a civil suit as opposed to a criminal suit that Letitia James, the attorney general of New York, is, is bringing forward. What's the difference? Well, there's a huge difference, Tony. Uh, and as you know, I am a civil litigator. I've done this for 30 years. So uh, when, uh, you know, as a conservative commentator or a Twitter personality, uh, I'm very, uh, you know, very political. But when I switch into lawyer mode, uh, I start looking at things as a lawyer, and I look at this lawsuit from Letitia James, which I had a chance to skim. It's 200 pages long, and uh, it's not a lawsuit in the way that people would think. Um, it, it, one thing it, it definitely is not is a criminal charge. A criminal charge has to be proven beyond a reasonable doubt. Uh, there's also a speedy trial requirement. Those things are things that she wanted to avoid because she doesn't have the proof. But that, in, in a simple suit, you're, you're talking about a preponderance of the evidence. The standard is more likely than not. And uh, uh, you, can, you, know, you can charge somebody with fraud criminally. There is also civil fraud. That's what this is. <clears throat> and people are scandalous. Oh, my gosh, she says fraud. Just about every breach of contract action I get has a fraud claim, okay? It is uh, uh, essentially meaningless. It is not the same as criminal fraud. It is not even close. Now, I I look at this, and and I I have no published opinions on uh, uh, consumer fraud issues. I know this stuff, and the first thing I look at is, okay, the state has sued for fraud. 
how has the state been damaged? Because a fraud claim is a misrepresentation that causes damage, damage now, being a loss of money. Now, let's talk about what the claim is. Hold on one second, Kurt. Talking to Kurt Schlichter, a trial lawyer, townhall.com and author. Uh, his latest book will be back, The Fall and Rise of America, available at amazon.com, wherever fine books are sold. The argument that the Attorney General is making, Letitia James, Attorney General of New York, is that the Trump organization and the kids are named as as defendants, uh, Donald Jr., Ivanka, and Eric, uh, other uh, co-defendants, is that they were padding his net worth, lying about the value of assets in order to get better deals on loans. That's that's the argument, right, that Letitia James is making. Well, that's, that's part of it. That, that's her argument. The problem is that's not fraud because that, the, the first thing is a, a padding the accounts. Okay, that is a misrepresentation that caused uh, – and uh, okay, you, you got the misrepresentation. That's, that's the first step. The next step is caused damages to the plaintiff, plaintiff's New York State. Now, how does uh, uh, allegedly – and there are – Huge issues of proof. We don't have to give to them. Let's get we, 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 when you are uh, challenging a pleading. That's what this is doing. You are are saying, hey, you have not set forth all the elements of the cause of action. Cause of action, fraud, misrepresentation that causes damage to the party that's being uh, that is suing. They ha- they don't put in in the cause of action. I there are no damages allegations. There's nothing that says. This padding caused damage, much less to New York State. So you don't, you have not asserted a claim for fraud. You have asserted a couple of the elements of fraud, but you haven't asserted fraud. The, 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 the pleading is a joke, and it'll be thrown out on motion to dismiss. Which conveniently, because she filed uh, filed this dumb lawsuit forty eight days before the election that she's about to lose. It won't be heard until after. So she gets to file it. It gets to sit there. The Trump people will make their motion to dismiss. And the hearing will be set for December or January. And law, and this dumb lawsuit will go uh, into the wastebasket well after the election's over. It's garbage. So you you made and you made this claim on, on Twitter. You can follow Kurt at Kurt Schlichter, S-C-H-L-I-C-H-T-E-R, if you're not already. You made the claim that this is lawfare in, in the same way someone would engage the concept of warfare, uh, in the same way we often hear about slap suits, strategic lawsuit against public participation, that the purpose of the lawsuit is to be able to make the claim, be able to get the media attack, see if it has an effect in the midterm, but your feeling is by the time this actually gets a chance to see a judge, even the attorney general will be like, yeah, there's nothing here. Well, I mean, there there isn't. I mean, how how? Yeah, okay. He he goes to a uh, uh, bank of uh, you know Wall Street and says, my asset, this asset that I'm collateralizing for a loan is worth a hundred million dollars. And of course, as we all know, banks are very eager to believe you when you value something. They don't you know appraise it themselves. Right? But let's put that aside. Okay. And uh, he has. There's no allegation. He didn't actually pay back his loan. Get beyond all that. How was New York damaged? New York being the one who sued. How was New York damaged 
by this arrangement between Donald Trump and the bank, assuming it's all true. And remember, I'm assuming every fact that she pled is true because that's what you do on a motion to dismiss. You assume he lied, even though there's no evidence, actual evidence he did. And you assume that the, uh, uh, you know, assume that the state can prove it. If the state can prove they lied, great. Second step, can you prove that cause damage to New York State? They, they don't even try. The pleading doesn't even, that, that's what they, it stuns me. Because, I, you know, when I do a lawsuit, and I represent you know, important conservative people in legal actions. Well, I don't talk about most of them, except Ben Shapiro, because he put it out there. But I, I don't go as a politic, political guy. So as a lawyer, which is why I do really well, I look at this as a lawyer, and it is not a lawsuit. It's just, it, it just isn't. I, I mean, it, it's right on the face of it. There's no question. Where's, where's the allegation that caused damage? to the state it's not there they don't even bother it's like an insult talking to kurt schlichter you can find his latest book at amazon.com we'll be back the fall and rise of uh, america and you can find his work over at townhall.com is there anything in here that makes you say that Letitia James has opened herself up or has opened up the New York Attorney General's office to some kind of, of, of action. If, if you're making the argument that there's no there there, there there's nobody who has been harmed in terms of New York State, so therefore there, there's, there's, no, there's no one to really say that I, there's, I, I'm the one who has been uh, hurt or harmed here. And you're saying that the lawsuit in and of itself is bunk. Is there is there a response here that can follow Letitia James even if she's out of office? Uh, it, it, it depends. Mostly they, uh, in the state courts, I'm sure she has uh, uh, immunity. Uh, if this is removed to the federal courts, and certain cases can be taken from state court to federal court, and there's a lot of uh, rules about that, and I haven't done the complete analysis, but it is possible. That what the Trump guys go, okay, we are removing this to federal court or go to uh, probably Southern District in New York. Uh, there is a chance uh, that the case is so frivolous, uh, it could be subject to Rule 11 sanctions. Uh, that is very, very unlikely. It doesn't happen a lot. Uh, and uh, especially with you know, a lot of the New York judges are just not going to hold the Democrat politician any kind of standards. So the answer is there are theoretical possibilities uh, that there could be a problem because it's uh, uh, so ridiculous. But keep in mind, there are ridiculous lawsuits all the time, uh, and uh, you, you, they, they don't get prosecuted. They're they're very bad, and there's there's you know they get thrown out, and that's where it ends. Let- so don't expect there to be some kind of sanction. The, the proper sanctions for the New York voters to go and uh, elect, uh, I believe the guy running against her is Mike Baker. Let's discuss in November. Let's discuss ridiculous lawsuits uh, really quick or ridiculous claims of, of legal impropriety. And those are the claims against Governor Ron DeSantis by the political <laughs> left 
that he has engaged in kidnapping, that Governor Greg Abbott of Texas has engaged in kidnapping, that Governor Doug Ducey of Arizona has engaged uh, in kidnapping. You've got a sheriff in Bear County there, which is San Antonio, Texas, looking into whether or not investigating Ron DeSantis and whether he engaged in, in criminal uh, activity. This has been all the rage, the kidnapping conversation that lasted for a good 36 hours. Uh, oh, yeah. There's any Wait. who's going to bring the lawsuit? And what's it going to say? Well, look, you've got to understand about these Twitter lawyers. They're terrible lawyers. Uh, I I deal with a lot of bad lawyers. I deal with a lot of good ones, too. I deal with a lot of bad ones. But the the the, the absolute garbage nature of most of the legal analysis on leftist Twitter, it's actually stunning. You, you look at it and you go, how did you pass the bar? Where did you get a job? And then you say they work for the uh, Department of Justice, and you understand why they're so crappy. Um, the, you know, the, again, not lawsuits, not criminal prosecutions, uh, political nonsense. But, but keep in mind, I, I, I'm not outraged because I want red state attorney generals to do the very same thing the Democrats. Now, I'm, I'm not outraged. Uh, you know, I'm a little disgusted. But uh, I, I, the, the, the proper response here is for red state governors to take advantage of these new rules, because what they really have done is establish a new rule, which is to use uh, uh, lawsuits and legal process to attack your enemies, uh, regardless of the merit, uh, simply seeking cheap political advantage. Now, I don't like this new rule. I, I'm against it. I've warned against it. Uh, I think it is uh, uh, bad for the country and for our democracy. Uh, which I heard is very, very important, mostly from the people who are, you know, abusing these rules. Uh, but uh, if they are the rules, then they are the rules, and it needs to be enforced against Democrats. And I think Democrats are going to find that they're especially vulnerable because, in many cases, they actually have done something wrong. So if this is horsey, okay, let's play horsey. Well, I, I, I haven't heard anybody describe it as let's play horsey yet. I got to admit, that sounds creepy. Well, you know, look, I'm going to leave the dispatch out of it. You know, they're getting a lot of new talent over there, and uh, I'm not, you know, they're going some very... We're 30 seconds away from a Bill Crystal reference, aren't we? We we really are. He's just just a bad, bad man, and I I always make sure that he has... uh, I, I include his blurb appalling on my uh, Kelly Turnbull books, uh, number seven of which drops in October. Inferno. So that's exciting. His name is Kurt Schlichter, by the way. The Kelly Turnbull uh, series uh, available at Amazon.com, People's Republic, The Split, Wildfire, Indian Country, Collapse, and Crisis. They are all there for you. And we'll be back. The man likes to write people. We'll be back. The Fall and Rise of America, available at Amazon.com, wherever fine books are sold. He writes like I talk, man. I can just do it all day. And I'm so glad people like it. Kurt, an absolute pleasure. More coming up. I'm Tony Katz. People are seeing their wage increases. Their, their wage increases eaten up by inflation. So if, you're, if you, your family is one where you spend most of your paycheck, every paycheck cycle, on gas, food, transportation, clothing, basics of life, and prices go up the way they've been going up, you're in trouble right away. You, you don't have a cushion. 
And this is very painful for people at the lower end of the income and wealth spectrum. So that's what we're hearing from people is, you know, it, it very much that inflation is really hurting. Is that what we're hearing? Inflation is really hurting? Uh, that's correct, Jerome Powell, chairman of the Federal Reserve. Inflation is really hurting and no end in sight. No end in sight. This cannot be discussed enough. What, what, what was I saying uh, earlier? Uh, oh, that's right. This economy stinks. It stinks. It's always better when you got a little bit of happy music behind it. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. I, I would be a fool not to note that there are some really fascinating things going on in this radical inflation economy, including that um, restaurant sales were up last month, according to Nation's Restaurant News. That's, that's fascinating that things were up last month because prices are also up. Prices are, are up, uh, was it 8%, I believe it was? And we're starting to have now the conversations, AAA discussing how gas prices are now going to start creeping up again. Be looking for that. It was, it was, it was, it was weird. And you still do see people spending, but everybody is geared up for coming off the cliff, specifically taking a look at this holiday season. As you see Target hiring us 100,000 people, seasonal workers. Well, that's what they need in order to do the thing, but they don't know how things are going to sell. They've been shedding inventory. Uh, they're not sure how things are going to fly. You, you, you've seen this with Walmart as well. So sometimes it gets like, like there are two stories running parallel. And like, how in the world does that happen in the same world? But anecdotally and, and, and through the numbers, this inflation is brutal and is not going down. And Jerome Powell is very clear. Inflation has eaten up all uh, the wage increases. And it's not going anywhere, and neither are the rates. They will stay high, they will grow, and they will remain until inflation is over, which means 2024. Find everything at TonyCats.locals.com. TonyCats.locals.com tomorrow, everyone. Take care.